kids, uh, when the Bible says, train up a child in the way, who knows the next word? They should go. It doesn't say train up children in the way they should go. It says train up a child. That means personally, every child. You got to understand which one, uh, what they need. Everyone's different. It's a personal, personal uh, product. Every child is different. Some need a little more discipline. Some need a little more attention, affection. Some need a little more love, right? Uh, but all of them need the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And uh, together as a church, with the parents, with the home, the kids are going to turn out good. Amen? And we, need all, and we need all factors in there. We need good godly parents, good godly home good godly teachers, good godly Bible preaching church, and, and uh, train up some good, strong uh, people, amen, for the Lord. All right, I'm going to have the ushers. They're going to hand you a piece of paper, and if you need a pen, they have a pen. I want you to just hold on to that uh, through the message. And Now, don't write it up. Don't be drawing on it. All right, I know how it is. If, if I'm on the phone and, you, and there's a piece of paper near me, it gets, anybody like that? And when you're done, you're like, what does this even mean? It'd be like the number 10 on there. And they're just one word. You had no idea. Your brain writes, right? That's how I am. I'm waiting to write an address down. And I'm writing, I'll write down tree, whatever, uh, stuff that has nothing to do with the address or the name. Or... Now, we uh, like New Year's resolutions. Some don't because you, you know you're not going to keep them. And they're very hard to keep because it's not you, Right? I like to be practical. What I really am going to do, I know I'm not going to do that. Um, how about saving things, right? I have a, a truck and it's stocked with supplies. I don't like things that I don't use in there, typically. I don't care what it is. It could be a brand new tool. No, I do not use that tool. Get it out of my truck, you know? Um, it has to be practical. It has to be something I know I'm going to use or something that I need or, or what's part of my life, what's part of my routine, because other than that, it'll just sit there, right? It won't be used right. And uh, we're, we're practical people in reality. Uh, we all have our own schedule. We know what, our, um, what we normally would fall back to. And, uh, but I want to bring out something here. Let's turn to... Uh, Jeremiah chapter 38. Jeremiah was, he's known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah lived a um, very hard time. Everybody was against him. There was only one form that was God. 
And there was times Jeremiah, he grew so tired and weary. And he said, I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm going to give up. I can't preach anymore, God. I can't do this any longer. But the Bible says that God's words were as a fire shut up in his bones. And that's called God's grace. God's grace just gave him uh, the strength to keep on going, despite of uh, his will, despite of uh, his ability, despite of his strength. And God does that for us. Jeremiah 38, when you find it, if you would, stand with me. Jeremiah chapter 38, and we're going to look in verse 10. I'm sorry, verse 8. The Bible says, Abedmelech went forth out of the king's house and spake to the king, saying, My lord the king, this is Jeremiah chapter 38, we're in verse 9 now. My lord the king, these men have done evil in, in, in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is like to die for hunger in a place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Abedmelech, the Ethiopian, saying, Take from hence thirty men with thee, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. Verse 11, So Abedmelech took the men with him and went into the house of the king under the treasury, and took thence old cast clouts and old rotten rags, and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. Verse 12, And Abedmelech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes, under the cords. And Jeremiah did so. So they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him out of the dungeon, and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. The Bible says that Jeremiah, um, he was thrown in prison just for telling God's word and preaching the truth. And everybody was against him. And uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for your word and the power and, the, and just, uh, Lord, preserving it, the preservation. And, Lord, this is not a book of man. This is given by God for us, Lord. And, uh, Lord, it does not have man's touch. doesn't have our signature anywhere on it, Lord. It has the hand of God all over it, the power of God. And, uh, Lord, how dare anybody say, Lord, that this is a uh, man wrote this or a man uh, this was under the influence of man. No, they have no idea what they're talking about. This is God's word, and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. And I pray that you would uh, just help us as your people to look to your word. Uh, Lord, not just at church, but each day, Lord, to be reminded that man ought not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Thank you, Lord, for everybody here. If there's anyone in the midst, Lord, I pray that has never received the Lord Jesus Christ. They could be in church all their life. Father, they've done many good deeds, Lord, but they shall say in that day, Lord, Lord, I've done many great things in your name. And you'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And Lord, it takes the blood washing of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, Lord, to come to, to you, Father. And, and uh, Lord, anyone that comes to you, you will in no wise cast out. I pray, Lord, that this day they'll receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and get saved, be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's look in verse 1. Then 
Shephatai, the son of Matan, and Gadaliah, the son of Pasher, this is Jeremiah 38, verse 1, and Jugal, the son of Shelemiah, and Pasher, the son of Malchor, heard the words Jeremiah had spoken unto all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, he that remaineth in this city shall die by the sword, by the famine, by the pestilence. But he that goeth forth to the Chaldeans shall live, for he shall have his life for a prey and shall live. And uh, nobody would think that um, at this time, God would send an enemy like Nebuchadnezzar into uh, Jerusalem to tear the temple down. That's God's temple. To tear up Israel, those are God's people. To take captive God's people, why would God allow something like that to happen? And everybody was uh, preaching against it, all the false prophets, but there was one man, Jeremiah, prophet of God, the only prophet of God there at that time, that was speaking for God and saying, no, uh, this is God's doing, uh, as foretold. And he's warned you, uh, people, you, you got to get right with God or the enemy will come. The enemy will come into the land. And it's not God's doing that the enemy came. It's your doing. You opened the door, and we know that. When we open the door to our sin, we sin, we sin, we sin, and we allow the enemy to come in. It's, 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 it's a sowing and reaping. It's, it's just what happens. It's what we get uh, for the things we do. But thank God for his mercy. And, and he gave the, uh, the Israelites long time to turn back to God. And the Bible repeatedly says, prophet after prophet, that he sent them early. That's the terminology used by God. I sent these prophets early, really early to warn you and tell you, if you don't turn back, I'm going to send a judgment. And God doesn't delight in judgment. God delighteth in mercy, the Bible says. And we have a merciful God. And thank God for the mercy. And listen, anything you've done in your life, you're not done. You're not over. You get to experience now the mercy of God, the restoration of God, the forgiveness of God, like no other times before, if you allow it, if you welcome it. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in that time of need. God's mercy is there. God's love is there. God's um, uh, hand is, is there to, to grip you back up. Let's look in verse 4. Therefore the princess said unto the king, we beseech thee, let this man be put to death. For thus he weakeneth the hands of the men of war that remain in the city and the hands of all the people in speaking such words unto them. For this man seeketh not the welfare of this people, but the hurt. And that's true. When you, when you, when you say one thing, you're going to weaken the hands of, of, of the fighters, the army. and they're, they're speaking truth, but they're not speaking according to God's will. Not according to God's word. They're speaking according to man's wisdom. Amen. And that's one thing that we have to be careful with is not getting up tied up with man's wisdom, but seeking God, getting back to God. Man's wisdom will take you away from God's will. God's will is a walk of faith, contrary to our wisdom. Drop the wisdom. Walking by faith is almost walking foolish in this world. Not foolish according to man's standards, but foolish according to the world, Going opposing the world, going against the tide. Going against the flow, going against the current of this world. And this is what Jeremiah was doing. Then Zedekiah, verse 5, the king said, Behold, he is in your hand. Verse 6, Then took they Jeremiah and cast him to the dungeon of Malchiah, the son of Hamalek, 
that was in the court of the prison, and they let down Jeremiah with cords, and in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. And this is a prison. We think of the prisons today, they got air conditioned. P.S. They probably, the first ones that got PlayStation 5s in the prison, donated, right? They got PS5s in their cable. But this is a prison, uh, a real prison. And he sank in the mire. They had to let him down. It was a big old pit. And they, they uh, let him down in there. There was no water down there, no food. And he just stayed in the mire, the man of God, for doing what was right. But, you know, we don't always do what's right. And we find ourselves sinking in the mire. Sometimes we are walking in the Lord and, and doing what's right. And we still find ourselves in the mire. And it seems to me that in life you're going to find yourself in the mire. Whether you're walking with the Lord or not walking with the Lord, whether you're faithful to God and, or, or, or backslidden, you're going to find yourself in mire. You can't get around it. Listen, you think you're going to escape tribulation. Jesus said you're going to, you, you live godly in this world, you're going to suffer tribulation. You're going to suffer tribulation whether you live godly or don't live godly. It ha- it's part of this world being cursed. We've got to remember this world is cursed. You cannot put a Band-Aid on this world and try to heal it. Not going to happen. This world, God himself cursed the ground of this world. And he alone can lift it. Amen? What's the Bible say to Jesus Christ? All those that believe on him, they're made rich. All are made rich that call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We got to count. Uh, and find out what our true uh, treasure is in this world and, and the definition of, of uh, what a tribulation or a trial is. Uh, the Bible says with Jeremiah uh, that he sank in the mire. This, Jeremiah expected this. He, he expected um, to have opposition. And when you walk with God, when you serve God, you're going to have opposition. And he sank in the mire. Now, on your piece of paper, now, you know you have people, they snoop around. How many snoop around? <laughs> you will have somebody looking over your shoulder while you're writing. So I don't want you to write what your mire is. I want you to write just one letter of it. Let's, let's take an example. Let's say lie, L-I-E, like you lied. You can write the L, you can write the I, you can write the E, you can write the D. Whatever it is. That way nobody knows, even if they see your paper, what the world it is. But God knows. God knows. And we need to ask God today, Lord, this year, upcoming year, out of all the mire I got myself in, In the prison of my life, what's holding you back? You can write that down. What mire you sank in? The Bible says in Psalm 69, now think about it. What can you ask God for? Deliverance from Help from. The Bible says in Psalm 69, verse 
1 and 2. Save me, O God, for the waters are coming unto my soul. I sink in the deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Verse 14 says, deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, the last verse, verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was thrown in there, all odds against him. But here you have a man in Jeremiah chapter 38. Here you have a man that stood before the king. I think of Joseph that stood before Pharaoh and saved all of Egypt and saved the, the known world of that time, what was going on. I think of the little maid and naming the leper. My Lord... There's a prophet in Israel that can deliver him out from this leprosy. Little maid that was taken captive. Anyone that stands before uh, the king or before uh, God's um, leader, we have people who stand before the king. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 38, Abedmelech went forth out of the king's house and spake to the king, saying in verse 8, My lord the king, this man, an unexpected person, came into Jeremiah's life. Did Jeremiah know this person? I don't know. Did Jeremiah ever meet this person? But this man, Abedmelech, God gave him a heart for the man of God, for Jeremiah. And he had enough courage uh, to, to go against that, what everybody else was saying. He had enough courage to stand up and plead before the king. And you might be in some mire today, but let me tell you this, there's somebody praying for you before the king. You might be in some mire today, and there's some things off in your life, but I'll tell you this, the Lord Jesus Christ stands for you. And if he stands for you, that'll uh, give you enough courage to keep on standing for him. Don't let yourself sink in that mire. Jeremiah, the Bible says he... He got in the mire and he just, he stood there. He stood there. He didn't let himself die. He stood there and waited and he waited and he waited and he waited. He had no food. He had no water, but he just waited. Waited, hoping and knowing that God got me this far. He's not going to let me down. God's got plans and he's not done with me yet. And if by God's grace this is the end, then I know I have a home waiting for me. But God's not done with us. It doesn't matter to mire. We like to, uh, I could be in my mire, you could be in your mire, and I'll say, oh, Brother Johnny, your mire is a lot more dirtier than my mire. <laughs> but in reality, listen, in reality it don't matter. It don't matter whose mire is more dirtier. It don't matter how much more mire you got. We're both in the mire. And we all get ourselves into some situations. We all get ourselves in some problems. But by God's grace, 
Look at Jeremiah here. By God's grace, somebody cared. You're not alone on this world. Somebody cared. You're not here by yourself. Somebody cares. And I know Jesus cares. What mire would you have God get you out of? This is not a New Year's resolution. This is something real that God can do for you once and for all if you allow him. This is not like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds this year. No, that's not going to happen. You're going to wind up gaining some weight. But this is a spiritual battle where God can take you out of the mire. First thing you're going to have to do, the Bible says, you're going to have to allow yourself. They let down that rope. And the Bible says in verse 12, and Abedmelech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes under the cords. And Jeremiah did so. You know how many people I try to help? They just get an attitude. You know how many people I try to, well, the Bible says this, and they'll just brush it away. Like, when will we learn that somebody cares to get you out? And if we don't care like we should, God cares. And I don't know who this Abednego was exactly. But at the very moment, he cared. And he might have not cared after that too much. But right now, he does. And none of us are 100%. And none of us are all that. We're not God. I might be angry one moment and happy the next. And you're just going to have to accept that. Right? And you're going to be like that too. We're not consistent. We're not a constant. You know who the people that are constant are? Only God or dead people. Dead people, you could put a smile on their face and they'll stay there. Right? And I'm neither. I'm alive and I'm just a human. And that's how we are. That's how we all are. You ever have God send you an unexpected uh, verse? To get your attention. I think of people, I'll try to, as a pastor, I can only pastor if you allow me to pastor. I'll try to talk to somebody and there's so much resistance that I can't say another word. I have to change the conversation. So that person just goes on their way. What can I do? Some people, I'll give them a verse and they take it and it changes things. Not not me, but the verse, the word of God. Would you allow God to get you out of the mire that you're in? Jesus said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The first thing you got to do, you got to accept God's word. can't refuse it. You can't make excuses for it. You got to have a heart change. 
realize you're in the mire. You know, mire probably is a little comfortable. Sure, it's not like sitting on spikes. You sink in there. But it's only comfortable for so long. Eventually, you want to get out. Eventually, you see that your life's going nowhere. How far can you go? And you know what I'm talking about. Because we all have our mire that we sink in. We all do. But we don't have to stay there. See, I can't climb out. It's too rough. You don't have to. Come boldly to the throne of grace. That ye may obtain mercy. And you'll find the help. In your time of need. We all have our pits that we fall in. But you don't have to stay there. First thing you do, you got to accept God's word. Jeremiah in verse 12, the Bible says, Abimelech, the Ethiopian son of Jeremiah, putting out these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes and the cords. And Jeremiah did so. Would you have done that? Would you have taken a Bible verse from the preaching of God's word? Would you have taken a Bible verse from the pastor or somebody in a church? Would you have taken uh, something that God had put your way to help turn your heart? Anybody ever try to help you? Now, some people, they try to help, and they don't really help. It's worse afterwards, right? But when God comes through, it's not worse. But you will find yourself, listen, if Jeremiah didn't put those rotten rags under his armpits, made like a little basket around his arm like this, he'd still be down there. David said, Jeremiah, we can't do anything for you. Just, just gra- gra- at least grab onto, grab onto the rope. It will pull you out. No, 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 I, I, don't, like, I don't like what you're doing here. It's going to break. It's not strong enough. I don't, I don't have, I don't believe if, if I would have done this myself, it would have been different. The knots would be different. Right? First, you've got to accept God's word. Receive it into your heart. Accept it. Believe it. God sends people your way to help you out of the pit. God sends the word of God to help you out of the pit. God sends a preacher. God sends a, 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 just a, a church member. God sends somebody to lift you up out of your pit. Nothing miraculous, just old-fashioned word of God. Don't be the one that resists God's word. Sometimes it's hard to bear. But what's worse is you staying in that pit. You staying in that mire. We all get there. Allow yourself to have a tender heart. You got to be able to receive God's word. The Bible says in verse 13, so they drew up Jeremiah with cords. They drew him up. Long way up. You got to be able to go through the journey. Some people, uh, they'll come for uh, advice or help or pastor pray for me. And 
I'll give them some words, the word of God, and they'll say, you know what, I'll do it. I'll do it. We'll do it. I can't go back in my life anymore. I can't go back to that pit. I'm going to do it. And the first trial that comes their way, they're gone. They're back in the pit. What's the Bible say about that? The stony heart. A stony heart has no nutrients or soil. It's not tender. And when the sun comes up, it just scorches everything. And my heart gets stony. And we all find ourselves in the pit. I'm not pointing any fingers. If anything, just look at me as I'm the, I'm the one. Always in the pit. But let me tell you this. A good Christian is one that can say, you know what, Lord, my heart is stony right now. Please help me. A good Christian is one that said, Lord, I'm in the pit. Would you please help me get out? And I'll wait for you to come. Not a Christian says, I'm never in the pit. My heart is never stony. I, I never mess up. There's no such thing. That's a bare Christian. That's a dead Christian. Constant. Constant. Let God help you out of your pits today. Let God help you out of that miry clay. I want you to write down one of the words, one of the, one of the uh, prisons that you find yourself in. Just give one letter of that word. Just give something on there. And ask God, God, please get me out of this. Get me out of it once and for all. I don't want to go back. And if I do ever go back, I'll wait for you to get me out. In Psalm 40. Psalm 40, verse 1, the Bible says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Jeremiah accepted that line, accepted God's word. Trusted it. Jeremiah went through that journey up out of it. Sometimes it's longer. Sometimes the pit's deep. Sometimes the devil got a hold of us that will, uh, you think nobody can ever see you when you're looking down. When they're looking way down that pit, they don't see it. They just see a black hole. Well, you're down there. But God sees you. God sees you. He knows you're down there. He knows your needs. I waited patiently for the Lord. You got to be willing to receive. You got to be willing to go through the journey back to the top. Don't happen overnight. God's got things to remind you of. God's got things to teach you. You know why? Because he's a good father. God's not a God that just sits on our shelf like one of them elves or whatever. It's not. God is God. And he doesn't need anyone. He doesn't need anything. He holds the world in his hands. God is God. And we need him. But in that process, he wants to show you some things. Why? Because he has plans for you. 
He's got plans. He wants to make things concrete in your life. Teach you. As a good father does. Instruct you. Remodeling a house doesn't happen overnight. If you want it to look right. If you want it to look like slop. Lord, I need it right now. You're going to have a sloppy life. You allow God to work on you. You allow God to have a little more time on you. Lord, put some more details in my life. I don't want to be a mess any longer. Spend some time on me. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Doesn't say that he was just crying and crying. No, it just says I waited. And then he heard me. God hears a silent, patient heart when you're waiting on God. Not waiting to get you out, waiting for God. Sometimes I'll read God's word to get a message. I got to stop that. I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I need to read God's word to spend time with God. Sometimes I pray uh, to get relief or to see prayers answered. No. God answers prayer. But I need to pray to spend time with God. I need to wait for God. Wait for God. Wait for God. Not wait for him to solve your problems. Wait for God. It would be a repeat back in the pit. I waited patiently for the word verse 2. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. He brought me up also. You know, when you wait for God, when you're walking with God, when your life is for God, All those things come with it. He waited for God, and also he brought me out of the pit. If you're just waiting to get out of the pit, you're going to miss everything. You understand? If you're just looking for God to solve what you don't like in your life, you're going to miss out on life and find yourself back in the pit. But when you wait for God... God knows what you need. God knows where you need to be. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. You couldn't pray for that. The whole point is not about staying out of a pit. The whole point is getting God, waiting on God. And God will add everything else to you, the Bible says. Verse 3, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Christian, you find yourself in a pit. Know this. Wait on God. Wait on God to get you out. Look to God. Start turning your heart back to God and watch God work. 
Watch God do miraculous things. Watch God send an unexpected uh, a visitor your way. Watch God do something unexpected in your life. Miraculous and strong and powerful. And set you back on a rock. And establish your goings and put a new song in your heart. New song. I think of, and we're going to close. How are you doing today? I'm alive. Is that all? You know anybody like that? Hey. Hey, hey uh, Bob, how are you doing today? Well, I'm alive. Thank God I'm breathing. Man, that sounds terrible, buddy. <laughs> that is terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. He has put a new song. Imagine you hear a bird in the morning. I say, wow, that's a, that bird probably has some diseases. You want to hear the birds sing. What's the devil done to you? What's the devil done? He's taken away your song for God out of your life. Praises to God. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it. Many shall see it. That's the light shining from within. God doesn't want you to stay in that pit any more than you want to be there. The equation, the answer, the main number you're looking for is God. You've got to put him back in. And you wait on him as long as you need to. And you seek him. And you patiently strive. Lord, I'm waiting for you. I need your help. I need your grace. Right now, Lord, but I'll wait as long as you need me to. And I promise you, whatever you wrote down on that paper, I promise you, God will get you help. Based on these verses here, God will somehow lift you out and put your feet upon a rock to stay. Brother Tom, we have, a, we have the offering plate. Would you put it up here? I want everybody. We're going to, um, Shalisha, can you come to the piano? Everybody to come up here. We'll start coming out of our pews as she plays. And you pray as you come up. And you put your slip in the offering plate up here as Brother Tom gets it. Put it in the offering plate. Nobody knows what it is, but God knows. And that journey up here, you fold it, you put it in. The journey up here will be the journey back to the top. And you start off with prayer. And every step you take, you pray. You pray, oh God, get me out. Oh God, turn my heart. Oh God, no more do I want to be in here. Oh God, please, in the name of Jesus, get me out of this pit. Get me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock to stay. Let's all stand. If God... Uh, if you wrote something on that list, you want to get out. You want to get out of that clay. You come up here and you pray as you come. Lord, get my feet out. Lord, set my feet upon the rock. I waited.
patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Horrible pit. It's a horrible pit. And we're all in there. We've all been there. And I know it and you know it. It's horrible. And God doesn't want you to be there any more than what you want to be there. Out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and establish my goings. And he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. God will make your life a channel of praise and blessing once again. You pray as you come, oh God, oh God, send, send Abimelech, send anyone, send your word, oh God. And I'll wait. I'll wait for you. God, I pray, Lord, over these, Lord, miry clay pits from every person here, Lord, that put it up here. I pray, oh God, in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would miraculously intervene with your people. Lord, as we wait on you, hear us, oh God, from whatever we are dealing with. Hear us, Lord, from whatever pit we find ourselves in repeatedly. And Lord, I rebuke the devil from, uh, Lord, his temptation. Lord, his deceptiveness and, and everything that goes against, Lord, um, the spirit of God and, Lord, our spirit that wants to walk with you, Lord, that's become born again. And I pray, oh, Lord, that you'll give us grace. You'll give us help, Lord, that you'll um, give us mercy, Lord, and strength to walk with you this year. Give us a, a year, Lord, when people see us, we'll have a song in our mouth and praises to our God. And many shall see it. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be standing on the rock, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and point others to you. Lord, how can we do that if we're in the mire? Lord, I pray you get us out. Strengthen us. Renew us. and Empower us, Lord. Bring back the love in the homes and, and the joy in the families. Bring back, Lord, the peace, Lord, that passeth understanding. Bring back the strength, Father, for the mothers, Lord, to to be able to be a proper mother to kids and, and a father, to be a, a godly father, Lord, again. And, and Lord, I pray that you bring back families this year. And, and Lord, may it start with us. Thank you, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes off the things of this world and, and everything that's going on. But Lord, judgment begins in the house of God, I pray. Thank you, O oh God, for everybody here. Bless them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And his name I ask. Amen. Amen.